This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name's Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. In the last episode, you got to meet Dana Cavalia, who was the head performance and strength coach for the New York Yankees for a great period of time. He was with them when they won the World Series. He worked directly with some of the greatest players in history, Mariano Rivera, Derek Jeter. And we talked a lot about the mindset of these professional athletes, how life was not necessarily complicated, but it was actually quite simple. They focused on few things, but they did them very well. And that's what made them so great. If you missed that episode, go back and check that out. In this episode, Dana and I are going to have another conversation. Part of um, what's been cool about what he's done in his career is now that he has moved on from the Yankees is he has been able to take a lot of those lessons into the professional world. When he and I were having our first connection call, just getting to know each other, it was the, the topic of stress came up and how to deal with stress, especially when you're a business owner, an executive. What does it look like to take some of the principles that some of the greatest professional athletes in the world use to keep their stress under control and to keep their focus nice and sharp? And how can we begin to live that in the everyday world? So that's the conversation that you are going to hear here today with Dana Cavalia. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like Breakfast on the Go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. So when you and I were were talking, this this topic of stress came up, and is specifically when you and I connected for the first time. That was a huge hot button for me because you know I'm, I've been working with Gary and Jay for year and a half now, and enjoyed some really high highs, had some some low lows. And when you and I first connected, I was at one of those lower lows because I've got to make a bunch of tweaks with the business. I got to change. Um, I got to manage our expenses harder. I've got to find new ways to drive revenue, new ways to engage our audience and, and add value to them. Just all of these things. And at times, it feels like I'm climbing an insurmountable mountain. And so I, I would love to have a conversation and almost for you to turn the tables on me. And let's just, let's have a dialogue around this because I know a lot of people struggle with this on a day-to-day with that stress. And, and if we can bring value to them or clarity in that area, I know that'll be tremendously valuable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just, just by what you said, I'm already overwhelmed personally by all the things that you have to do. <laughs> well, great. <laughs> which, which, which for me is, is a great kickoff to this talk because, I mean, you probably have too many things already on your plate. And so how can you be great you know, at finance and how can you be great? You know, it's, it's, that's, that's a lot, that's a lot for you, for one person, you know? So it's, it's like the book says, we have to talk to you about how to dial down. Mm-hmm. 
And and out of those, you know, five six things that you quickly uh, listed, you know, which of those things cause you the greatest stress? And you're probably going to start with the things that you're not best at. Yeah, finance. You're not passionate about, you know. So if you're not passionate about it, you're not engaged in it. How could you, you know, you're, you're probably not going to be that great at it either. True. And I know that the superiors are not, you know, they want someone to be great at all aspects. So. Well, and this is also the balance. We're a startup. I I am employee numero uno of this company. Gary and Jay are are my partners. And I had to get the business to a certain point before we realized, gosh, I, I need leverage. And I brought on an executive assistant this past year and have gotten her up to speed. And she's been a tremendous, been able to lift so much weight off of my shoulders, yet still there is more that needs to be done than I have the capacity to do. And I recognize I can't do it all. I can't treat everything like it matters equally. Yet at the same time, it's got to find a way to get done. Right, right. And that that comes down to, you know, obviously scheduling and efficiency. And, and you know, for you, I look at it from the perspective of, you know, for you, what is what is the greatest stress and what is the stress that you're feeling? So you're feeling, if you could when you say stress, people throw this word around very candidly. What is it? Like, how do you describe it? How does it hit you? What are you feeling? Yeah, well, it it comes from the finances. And it's a matter of we, we made a bet on what we thought the initial team needed to look like um, in terms of... You know, I was employee number one, and then we had some contractors. And we expected a certain that to yield a certain amount of results in the form of revenue, and you know certainly it has worked well, but not to our satisfaction, not to the point where we need to be. And this is just one of those things that I heard Gary say very early on, which is play red light, green light with your expenses. Identify the expenses that you're willing to tolerate, give it the green light, but immediately it goes to red light, and you need to hold those expenses accountable to generating a certain return on that investment. And you don't earn the right to press green light until you've done that. Well, we fast forward a year and a half, we're realizing that's not exactly working. And so we've got to make some changes personnel-wise and uh, you know, also just realizing how we approach our customers. I made a huge mistake my first year in the business focusing on leading with revenue, selling. The challenge is... Anybody who was on our email list felt like we were trying to sell them. And nobody wants to feel like they're getting sold. They love to buy, but they hate to be sold. Correct. So I, if, I knew if I kept doing that, it would undermine the long-term trust and brand. And so how do you now shift to a value-first focus? where I am truly engaging with customers, getting on the phone with them one-on-one, sending them personalized video messages, truly listening with intention about what their challenges are and customizing the solutions to those. It's working, but it's also not super fast when it comes to delivering top-line growth. Yeah, yeah. That, that, and that's the tough part. You know, Whenever you're focused, I feel like when you're focused on delivering value, it takes time. You know, it's it's the slow road to success. And I know so many of us look to our left and our right and we see what's happening on everybody's social media feed and, you know, everybody's, you know, a Fortune 500 company around us, you know, in our own mind. So we have to really stay focused on who we are, what we're doing and why we're doing it. And I feel like if we can stay within ourselves, and that's what I always tell myself is stay within yourself. Don't try to do too much. Because as soon as you start to do too much, you're destined to fail. And I know 
most business owners, big or small, finance is where most of their stress comes from. Mm-hmm. For me, it's all caught up in in fear. Because I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't make your numbers month after month, quarter after quarter, what ends up happening? You, got a you go out and then ultimately you get the failure stamp put on your head. So there's so much wrapped up in finance, so much more than just the numbers. It's, you know, how am I going to feel about myself? There's all that psychology that's wrapped up in it as well. So that's why finance is such a waiter on people. Here's my question, because I dive into this with with Jay directly on a very regular basis. I talk to it. I talk about it with with my coach. Uh, and, and I've got my plan in place. Yet the thing, and this is where I'm curious diving in with you, is more that mindset, that stress management side of it. Uh, I happen to know that I'm a very intense person, meaning that when moments of conflict or frustration pop up, I feel them very deeply. And it, it can affect my mood so quickly. When you look at Working with these professional athletes, there, I got to imagine that's an emotional roller coaster. What does the guidance look like to help them be more even keel? It always, again, it starts with a conversation about the self. And it goes back to, you know, who are you when you're at your best? And when you're at your worst, what is that? What's in that gap between worst and best, best and worst? What's the conversation you're having with yourself when you're not performing? And what's the conversation you're having with yourself when you are? Because we all know once we start performing again, momentum will take us to our next juncture. You know, I see so many of these guys, they only get in trouble. This is, this is really interesting. They, they get in trouble when they try to do too much and they try to be something other than themselves. So let's use the baseball analogy because it's fitting here. If you're a singles and doubles hitter, when you start trying to hit home runs, you will fail. They hire guys to hit home runs. Guys like A-Rod, he's there to hit home runs. Guys in the front of the lineup are there just to get on base so that other guy could come and hit them in. So in business, it's it's the same thing. Like Jeff, it's it's saying, what are you great at and what are you passionate about? And if you you know, if you can spend most of your time on that. You're, you're going to win. But let's go back to our previous episode where we talked about reframing. Right now, finance is a part of your game. So how can you frame that in a way to where you don't feel stress, but you see light? And it's saying to yourself, listen, I'm not going to be the finance guy forever, but I'm a hell of a podcast host. I have these great programs. We offer tremendous value to our listeners and our customers. This thing's going to pop. And the first guy I'm hiring is a finance guy that's a hundred times better than me. You know, mm. and it's reframing the story that you're telling yourself. And that's really what it comes down to because we have a tendency as people to tell ourselves the worst case scenario story instead of this is why I'm doing this and this is the result of, of what I'm doing. Um, if I continue to be great at what I'm doing here, it's going to lead to uh, a really great ending of, of my story. That that hit home for me. Uh, number one, because I talk all the time about that story that we tell ourselves. That language was just very aligned with what I believe. But I experienced this when I was in medical device sales, and I wanted to start a company on the side. And I launched my first podcast, The Mentee. I remember sitting in my office, 
really late at night because at that time I didn't understand this idea of living a counterbalanced life. All I knew was hustle, hustle, grind, grind, work as much as you possibly can and sacrifice sleep, which was not sustainable. And I remember really late at night being in my office, asking myself, when is this ever going to work? How am I ever going to possibly make money from this? How am I ever going to possibly one day be able to choose to quit my day job or not? And now, you know, you fast forward, here I am in business with Gary and Jay and being able to represent this incredible brand. And I look back on that time with actually so much gratitude and appreciation because I, I, to an extent, missed that initial climb. While it was painful, it was a lot of fun. That helps me on this frame for, for where we are today, where like I, it is painful. I'm not happy with where we are yet trying to find that gratitude and realizing I'm going to hit a peak at one point. I'm going to turn back and look on this moment and go, wow, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, you have to hit the brakes and you have to hit the pause button sometimes on life and say, okay, here's where I am now. When what have I like? It's okay to celebrate some of your accomplishments. You know, I mean, putting a podcast together, building any kind of business, you must tip your cap to that person. They took a lot of risk, they took action, and 98% of people don't take any action. That's the problem. So, with that, you're a renegade in, in your own right. Now it just comes down to continuing to trust the strategy that you put in place for yourself and knowing, again, that it's not going to be a perfect ride. You're going to have ups. You're going to have downs. I mean, just look at the ticker on Wall Street. I mean, these are companies that have a hell of a lot more resources than you do, and they're up and they're down. They're up and they're down. So how could you possibly expect to be great every single day? You're just trying to be consistent. Mm. And that's what I focus on with people. Greatness happens as the result of consistent accountability to your purpose and your goal and your mission. That's, that's it. That's how greatness happens. But you know, if you go in and say, I want to be great today, it's like, okay, well, that's, that's great. You're on the top of the hill screaming that. Now, what are you going to do? You're going to take small actions every single day to be great. I, I have a, comp- I have a, a, a client that sold his company twice. They were uh, for a couple hundred million bucks. He's, he's outstanding. And the most simple guy you'll ever meet. And I said, how did you do it? He says, I hit singles every day. Mm. Single, single, single. I said, no home runs? He goes, no, the home run came when I sold the company. <laughs> I mean... So why are we trying to do so much? What is the rush? You know, because the faster you get to your destination, a type A high energy guy is going to reset his target even higher and he's going to fall back into that same loop. So just realize it's a trek. So put your backpack on and start hiking and eventually you'll end up, you know, crossing the whole country. Mm. But you got to get through the state of Cal, uh, you know, you got to get out of your own county first. Yeah. Well, in this literally before you and I hopped on this call, I was responding to an email from, from one of our founding members from our membership platform. And we've been walking through our system of what does it look like to number one, cast a very big long-term vision. And how do you get very clear on the actions that you must take today in order to get there in the long run? And and I remember he, he emailed me and he was saying, but I... I don't get it. Like I get clear that my one thing is to set X number of appointments every single week. 
is that, is that just the first thing that I focus on every week, week after week? Is it really that simple? And I sent the email back saying, yeah, you finally nailed it. You know, success is not complicated. It's getting hyper clear on the few things that you absolutely must do and you hold yourself accountable to doing it first. Most people just never get there because it's kind of boring <laughs> doing the same thing over and over again. They're not willing to do it. Yet, I've got to imagine these baseball players, it's not like they were doing new shiny exercises every day. No, and, and that's for me as a coach, you know, how do you become a high-level coach? I always said, keep the flavor vanilla. You know, while everyone else is trying to be fancy and come up with the coolest new thing, I just stuck to the core principles and the basics of success within my field. You know, I love a guy like, you know, Tony Robbins. He says, success is clues. I love that line. And I kind of, every time I hear it, I'm like, yes. Because if you look at the people in the world that have achieved the most, they're the probably the more simple people. They were just able to clearly identify target and then pull the trigger and shoot. You know, and that and that was it. I mean, it's uh, an analytical mind is a dangerous mind. Mm. It gets us in trouble, you know, and we get in this loop of, you know, theory and well, if this, then that, and if that, then this, and it's like, dude, just jump out of the plane. The shoot will work, and if it doesn't, it doesn't, <laughs> you know. But what's the worst that can happen? My mother always used to say that. You know, what's the worst that could happen? I remember I remember Tim Ferriss talking about that. I think it was in 4-Hour Workweek when people, they, they, they glorify this downside of how bad it could be. But he challenged people to really ask like, okay, so if you did change jobs and it didn't work out, literally, what would happen? You'd get a different job. Okay. <laughs> it's like, we just, we make it out to be so much worse than it really is. I, I'm curious for going into your experience with a lot of these players... I get the idea of framing and reframing and just changing the story that you tell yourself. But in that moment, when tensions rise, when all of a sudden you start to feel that stress, how did they handle it? Was meditation a part of it? Was visualization a part of it? What, what are they doing? In, in all my years in baseball, and I know this is, I may get you know, slapped for saying this, but I've never heard of or, or seen a guy really meditate. Really? I ever saw do that was a player by the name of Raul Abanez. And before a game, he'd literally come in, lay on the floor and just take some deep breaths for about five minutes. And I asked him what you were doing. I said, Hey, were you meditating? And he goes, no, I was just visualizing myself, you know, hitting. But I meditation was a word that we never heard of it. It was going on in all these other communities, but it was not going on really in, in sport. I mean, I never saw it. Visualization, yes. Deep breathing, yes. And you can see guys when they're in the batter's box, they take that one deep breath and they let it all out. And then they set there and then they set themselves up to hit. But meditation was something that was not, yeah, it really wasn't a, a part of the game. Very interesting. And it's amazing because I mean, yeah, you hear about it all the time. And I know myself, I have a very hard time meditating, I just call it turning off, turn off electronics and just sit and listen to the, whatever's going on around you, just sit. And I know a lot of guys were, were more like that, but I got to tell you, Jeff, these guys had such an incredible balance of life. It was, it was it's really incredible. And, and these executives, I work with a lot of high level CEOs and executives now, and I'm like, your life 
is totally not fun. <laughs> you know, it's it's like you you know these players they're watching their day consists literally of of working out, you know, practicing and playing, and then it's it's dinner, it's socialization, it's a very healthy existence. And and I think a lot of the conversation that we're having in regards to stress and why people experience stress is because their life is really not that good. They've they've created almost like um, a level of slavery for themselves. They don't love their business. They don't enjoy it. They hate it. And it owns them. And it sucks them in every day. It pulls every ounce of energy and life out of them. And then it kicks it out. It kicks them out to the world and says, okay, now go play. And they're dead. They just want to go home and relax. And then they get home and their significant other has a list of things for them to do. And and I know people are walking around completely defeated and you can't win in life or anything you do if you're defeated because you have no confidence and you have no self-esteem at that point. And that's what happens. Well, it's interesting. I, I think back to um, when I first started this company with Gary and Jay, and I think about the times when I was most stressed. It was when I was trying to do it all instead of picking the things that I absolutely must do and, and say yes to that first. And it was when I didn't have time to turn off, like you called it. The moment I left the office, I'm in the car listening to a podcast or talking to somebody or I have a scheduled business call. And it's and I'm literally on the phone or listening to that podcast episode until the moment that I walk in the door when my daughter is running at me saying, Daddy, giving me a hug that I finally pull the headphones out of my ear. And all of a sudden, I need to be in family mode. But I haven't even allowed time to transition from work to play then just cycles out of control. Yeah. And, and think about just general electronics in your house, right? Like what if you were to keep your TV on for five years? It would burn out. What would happen if you sat in your car and revved the gas for a couple hours? You're going to be out of gas. And we look at the, the our, our self as like, no, no, we're, we're not like that. No, we are. We are so like that. And we are so burnt out. And when you're burnt out, you have no creativity. And that's it. And, and I, and you know, when you're burnt out, you have no passion either. It's very hard to find that. And and I fall victim to it at times. But as I realize now, listen, the, when you, you have to shut off, just shut off. And the fastest way that I teach people to shut off is build a schedule for yourself and put boundaries up and stick to them. So for me, I, I and I'll just give an example. I don't, I don't want to take the spotlight here because I know it's about you. But I, I, I literally, I joined the country club um, about a week and a half ago. And I said, you know what? My working hours are from six to two. After two, I'm going to the club. And you know what? My phone has to stay in my locker for at least two hours. And then I go home and do what I want to do. But I needed to create that place between work and home. And it couldn't be Starbucks because I associate Starbucks and other coffee shops with work. So that's what I do. But I, I had to build my schedule for me. Mm. And this, and oh, can you do seven o'clock tonight? No, I can't. I'm off. And that's it. So, so hold on. I want to dive down this this rabbit hole real quick because a lot of people have this challenge with saying no. They're afraid of saying no to other people. Like, what will my customer think if I can't meet at that time? What will my, what will my boss say? What will my colleagues say? So if somebody reaches out to you, Dana, and says, hey, can you meet at seven o'clock? And you say no. What happens? They usually will pick another time. What? What? Really? They'll, they'll, they'll pick another time? 
And what they'll do is they'll follow up with the question, well, when are you available? <gasps> like putting you in control of your time? Yeah. And, you know, I would love to see people, like people don't even own their planners or their, their outlook. You know, their calendar's like wide open. It's like, what if you actually created a calendar for yourself that said, hey, this is when I can, this is when I'm available. It's like, it's like anything else. You have to have availability uh-huh. and you determine your own availability. Right now, we allow like Outlook to, to determine our availability. Oh, I have an open space. I can fill it. And um, that's where people get into big trouble. And that's exactly what we've created on the back end of our trainings. <laughs> that exact yeah, thing. Yeah. Wow. Own your schedule. And, and if you say no, if they really want to see you, they'll find a way to get to you. And that's another thing, right? Scarcity also sells. It's, it's weird, but you say no, people want you to say yes, and they want what they can't have. So if you tell them no, they want it even more, and then you have to give them an option. And, and I don't want to sit here and sound like a hypocrite. I mean, there's times that I will take something at seven o'clock at night, but I've already had all time for myself at that point, and I've made myself available by choice, not because I'm a, I have to. Right. You know well, what I mean? Well, Gary shared in the mastermind, and this was really powerful, and I, I shared it on the podcast before, but it's worth repeating. And he said that working long hours, grinding it out, this hustle mentality is cheating because yep. you can do the wrong activity long enough and muscle your way to a result. True success, though, is holding yourself accountable to working a set number of hours and being as productive and effective as possible, and then transitioning and actually living your life. Now, again, full transparency, I have I am not all there yet. I actually got called out by somebody in our founding member group because I sent him a, a personal video message at 11 o'clock at night, but I made a conscious choice to be sending those out that late because I needed to. I needed to get ahead because I was going on vacation. But even then, like we are far from perfect, but it, it's it's the journey. Yeah. And and Jeff, you know, I think for a lot of folks that are in business, you know, a question that I always ask is, hey, what do you do for fun? And you oh, usually hear silence. I, 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 yeah, I struggle with that one. Uh, I don't even know anymore. I edit my podcast. I, I do this. It's like, no, no, no. I mean fun. Like not like, what do you do for fun? Oh, I love my work. No, 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 no. What do you do for fun? Like when you leave work, the problem is we don't leave work. Mm. If you don't leave work, you have no time to do anything else. And you start, that becomes your life. And and that is the fastest way to burn. <sighs> that resonates with me because I, I still can't answer that question. And back in our episode with Cameron Harold, he asked me that exact question. And I said, I, I love my work. He said, I'm, I'm glad you enjoy what you do, but that doesn't mean that's what you do for fun. <laughs> he totally called me out on it. If you love pizza, you're going to eat pizza every day. Eventually, you're going to get sick of eating pizza. <laughs> my parents like did could, test that on me and it did not work. <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel like disconnection is, is disconnection will create better connection. So we need to feel comfortable pulling out in order to go back in. So let's boil this down because you, you talk about the idea of rewriting that story that you tell yourself. You talk about getting really clear or where are you when you're not at your best and where are you when you're at your best and what is that gap? You know, for somebody who 
they're living the emotional roller coaster. They're dealing with stress and it, it, can, it can be crippling at times. Where should they begin? I think for, for people, the, the best place to begin is always just, again, asking yourself the questions of what you really want. You know, what, are you, what do you really want? And, and is what you're doing right now what you really want to do? And I think a lot of times people can answer no to that. Like they're not doing what they actually want to do. And you're not doing what you're really passionate about, what you really want to do. You are going to be miserable and you could fake it, and, but you're going to be, you're not going to be happy. So it, everything starts with that question. And then it gets into the actual strategy and execution. If you don't like what you're doing, you have to figure out a way to wrap up what you're doing and then start something new. And, and you're going to face a lot of headwinds and a lot of resistance, most of which come from yourself. And then you have to empower yourself. I'm a huge believer in self-coaching. Like I talk to myself a lot. I'm my best friend. I'm my best coach. You know, let's go. Come on. You got to do it. And it's aggressive. Like I'm aggressive with myself. To put if there's something in front of me that I need to overcome, and it's not just a business challenge, but it's overcoming even my own thoughts. I have to talk to myself and coach myself. And I actually got that technique from an 89-year-old woman down at a community in Florida in which my parents live. And she said, Dana, it doesn't get easier. I'm 89 years old, and I have to coach myself and push myself every single day. So get comfortable. That's a, I got lectured by an 89 year old telling me get comfortable doing that. And it works, man. It really, really works because we get in these dark, ugly habits and patterns and days, weeks, months go by and we don't change. And we're like, God darn it. I got the same result. But you didn't do anything different. You thought you did, but you didn't take action mm. and jump. I tell people just jump in no matter how cold the water is. Jump. Do something different tomorrow than you're doing today. And you know what? What's the worst can, that can happen? You can always go back to that misery that you were in. <laughs> you can always go back. What I mean, what happens if you say no for a month? Hey, the month of June, I'm going to say no to meetings at 7 o'clock. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Well, I love it, man. Well, thank you very much for the time. I appreciate it. And I uh, look forward to connecting again soon. Great. Thank you for having me. Well, there you have it, my conversation with Dana Cavalia. If you want to learn more about him or his blog, you can check out his website at danacavalia.com. The the URL will be in the description below this episode and his name is spelled out in the title. So you can check that out there. What really just sits with me after this episode is when when he talked about rewriting that story that you tell yourself. How many of you right now are struggling with something and and Sometimes you can let it get you down. Maybe you lose sleep over it. Hopefully not. Maybe it just kind of sits and occupies your mind share when you should be focused on your family. You're thinking about this thing or you should be present in that meeting or present with your customers yet you're thinking about that thing. How can you change the way that you look at things and how can you rewrite that story of what that means you know, if you if you heard back in in the episode previous to this one when when he asked Mariano Rivera how he handles the big moments, and he said, Dana, there are no big moments. They're all the moments are the same. We just associate certain meanings to them. 
what's the meaning that you're associating with that particular situation in your life? And how can you rewrite that story? If you dare to take action and begin that journey of doing so, I think you'll find tremendous growth. This was one of the most powerful lessons I learned from my mentors when I was in medical device sales and wanting to start a company on the side. It was that idea of changing the way that you look at things. Because as Dr. Wayne Dyer would say, when you do change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Look back on a portion of your life where when, when you were in the moment of it, it, you were, it was painful, there was struggle, there was challenge, tension. Yet when you look back on it now, you look on it very favorably because that's where the growth is. Can you recognize that situation right now as a growth opportunity? This has been one of the the most interesting things we've seen with our founding members as they have learned our process for bringing purpose and priority into every single action that they take. At first, there is some challenge, some struggle, yet very quickly, they see breakthrough. All of a sudden, they're more clear on what really does matter, and they're able to say no to the rest. They start acting in order of priority, and they see their results, realizing that if they were to just narrow their focus down to the things that actually mattered, they could have everything they could possibly want. You know, you will have the opportunity to taste this as well later this month. That last week of June is when we hope to launch the actual membership platform for you guys. If you want to be notified about that, text the word founder to the number 33444 and we'll make sure that we reach out to you guys during that time. Whether or not you choose to join the membership that we're creating for you, know that we will continue to bring value to you. We will continue every single week to bring episodes like this to you and make them as practical as simple and as action-based as possible. Because at the end of the day, what we care about is bringing value to you and you getting results. Because when you do, that's when you will be able to make the impact that you are destined to make on this world. And if we can play even a small role in that, that's a life worth living for us. So thank you for being a fan of The One Thing Podcast. If you have not subscribed yet, please subscribe so all future episodes automatically get downloaded to your device. If you have not yet left us a rating and review on iTunes, please do so. We read every single one and it's social proof. People read those, they matter. And we really believe that's part of the reason that this podcast has continued to grow month after month after month. And for those of you who are sharing this with the people you work with, with your family, with your friends who are advocating for the brand on our behalf. Thank you. We are on a mission to build a very impactful business together. So thank you for your contributions and all that you do. And we will see you in the next episode.